and welcome to another edition of Old Titans. Not now to recognize us, but we have a new opening. Once again, I'm John Paul. I am the one and only B-Man, and before we even start this show, that that's a new opening right there. That's what you're going with. It's a placeholder. It's a placeholder. You complained about the um, Knight Rider sounding music, so... Well, you think I complained about that one. This is just getting started. Well, we'll go back to that later yeah, on. Okay, okay. Off the air on that one. Okay. Yeah, hey, hey, at least people were cheering for us, yeah. even though there's probably no one listening to cheer. It, it makes us feel better. That is true. I feel... They're kind of good right now. Alrighty. All right, so we got a great show. Or should I build it up that much? No. Okay, <laughs> we have an average show for you today. Even though you're building high still. That's average right. is still we'll high? Okay, okay. We'll go with average. Um, before we get to the main body of the show, we will start as we always do with the B-Man's question. Keep in mind of the positives and negatives. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Anything. I need superpower, science fiction, movies, anything like that. Yeah. All right, superpower, the thing we all dream of growing up, having the superpower. We all play on the playgrounds as kids, flying around with the blankets tied around our necks or rappelling down the side of the jungle gym, those kind of things. Breaking legs, yes. Yeah, all that good stuff, yeah. By the way, just a quick aside, I don't know anybody personally who ever, you know, tied on a cape and thought they really could fly, so they climb on top of a building and jump off and kill themselves, which... You know, these days you hear about everybody so worried about all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, kids are smarter than that. Yeah, I tried it once, actually. You work. did? Yeah. Okay. I didn't die. You didn't die, though. I get better. Yeah, you, so you probably didn't climb so high that you would die. No, I just belly flopped. Okay. Still hurt. Yeah. All right, so power. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. So I thought about it, thought about it, and I thought about it in the past, so I didn't have to think about it that long. Okay. Um, crossed off a handful, and it, it's hard to cross them off because I... I'd want to be kind of a Superman or something in, in a perfect world where I had lots of powers. Right. I, that would be great. Um, you know, flying. I think flying would be absolutely incredible and other powers. But I can only have one and try to think about it logically, which I know maybe logic shouldn't apply. Um, narrowed it down to the top two. I'll only mention the first one. I'm even going to discuss it. Um, the one I did not choose was the overly excessive healing power a la, you know, Wolverine or Lobo or something. Okay. So that was the one I did not choose, but that was made my top two. The one I went with was the 12th level intelligence of Brainiac 5, which you could just say super intelligence of almost anybody, but since he's kind of seen as the number one super intelligent, at least on the hero side, um, you know, maybe there's some alien race that's more intelligent or whatever that I'm not sure of, but the super intelligence, the reason being... If you had that 12th level intelligence, you could probably figure out a way to fly, figure out a way to heal faster, you know, improve medicine and all that kind of stuff. You could help humanity. If you were selfish, you could just help yourself, but, you know, maybe humanity benefits as a side effect. Um, You could probably make plenty of money. You could probably do all of these other things if you were smart enough. Sure. So that's, that's that's the positive side is I figured, okay, that doesn't give me all the others, but it gives me a step towards getting them. Now the negatives. The negative. The number one negative, at least that I could think of, maybe there's lots of negatives, but the number one negative I could think of is kind of the way they portrayed Brainiac 5 in the Legion. He was always seen sort of like Mr. Spock. He's kind of aloof and doesn't socialize really well. Um, Either because he doesn't know how to interact 
sort of Sheldon Big Bang Theory, just doesn't know how to interact with those around him, or saw everyone is that far beneath him. I don't know which way it would go, because without being that intelligent, I don't know how I'd react. You know, I would like to think I wouldn't think people were beneath me, but a lot of writers do portray Brainiac 5 as seeing everybody else as just being slow or dim-witted and just not able to have a conversation with them, and so he has a hard time with that side of things. Most writers don't go to that extreme, but there have been writers that have gone that far. And I could see that being a worry, but um, I would think the socializing side of things, you would probably lose friends or it, it, would, just, it would just be harder, I think, in the long term. Okay. So that's, that's the negative, I think. I think with Sheldon, for example, from Big Bang Theory, I think it's just more the fact that he's... Well, I, I see what you're saying. You're so smart... But I think you become smart enough to realize that they're not at your level, so therefore you can you can talk to them that way. I guess I see your point, though. Yeah. For me, I realized this. I really thought it was hard for the entire week. I am the wrong person in this world to have superpower, any superpower. <laughs> and I believe this, seriously. Because right. I try to be a good person overall. So, so let me ask the question. Yes. Why, B-Man, do you feel like you're the wrong person to have power? It's like... I try to be a good person. I think I am overall a good person. I, mean, I would agree with it's, that. It's just, I think any power I would get, I would eventually abuse it. My top two, okay. I, I picked, like again, flying was up there, super speed's up there, healing factor was up there. My top two, okay. well, my powers, telekinesis. Okay. I would love it. I could fight crime telekinesis, could do a lot of cool things with telekinesis. Yeah. I would be incredibly lazy. I would sit on the couch. Where's remote control? Oh, it's over there. There they just oh. Okay. Some answers the door. Answer the door that way. Just sit there. And I wouldn't move from the couch ever. Okay. So you'd be a fat telekinetic person. Um, I prefer potentially. Girthy. Potentially. I prefer girthy. Okay, yes. girthy. Yes. Or, okay. Yes. So um, you know. Above average size. Above average size. Right? There you go. But then I was thinking. Okay, and the word superhero. But that was your one. That was your second choice. That's my second choice. Okay. In the world of superheroes, you know, say Batman comes after you, your villain Batman beats you up, ties you up, gives you to the cops. Chance of being actually convicted isn't likely. Because, well, this guy just beat the junk out of me. Of course I'm going to confess to it, whatever it is. So what, do you want to be a super lawyer? No. Okay. I was thinking mind control. And Got it. Again, again. Oh, what, no, what, no, what that, that works. Second that works. And I, I even have a name, because basically the fact is... But I, pro- I, Professor X level, yeah. th- th- that kind of telepath level yeah. mind control. Exactly. Okay. Because that way, I'm not going to, you know, have anybody say they did anything wrong, but I'll make them confess. Confess their crimes. Now, would this mind control include the reading their minds and everything, or yeah. just strictly control? You have no idea what they're thinking, but you can control I'd be them. able to go into their minds okay. and, and control them and actually... The whole super yeah. intellect thing. And I actually have... I'll make them confess the crime before a jury. Therefore, you're done. Okay. I'm not going to say you didn't even do, but you can do what they did. I would point out, what if somebody found out about this and that threw the case out? But then I guess you could force the people who are throwing the case out not to throw the case out, yeah, and exactly. so on and so on. And yeah. that, that's what goes in the abuse part of it. But I, I even have a superhero name. Yeah. And this is going to blow your mind. You ready for this one? My what? name is The Confession. The Confession? Yes. It was okay. the better the confessor. Not the confession better. But I mean, so I make you go up there, you confess your crimes, I can't even stop you. I, I do have one better one for you, possibly. I wouldn't have thought of it until you said your second one. You could be Confessor X. 
It could be, but that's horrible. That's, yeah, not, that's, you that's know. terrible. Yeah, I, I had to say it, though. I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say, say that. So we go to that part, and all of a sudden, that'd be great. And you know what? Perception, we both agreed, is more than important than anything. So you don't have to think I'm a big, tough guy. I mean, you know what? I have to show you a big, tough guy. I can make you think I'm a big, tough guy. Yeah. But then there's negatives. I'm like, you know what? That's great. I'm a superhero. So I need to, you know, you need a stable life. Well, this. I'd abuse that because well, I need more money. Okay. So I'd come to work one day. I'm like, you know what? Give me money. <laughs> I almost in a way. I would say, well, I can't support my family and be a superhero all at once. I need yeah. a high-paying job. I need the most useless, pointless job in the world that pays me a lot of money. Okay. So I would essentially be the new John Paul. Oh, is that right? I would. Okay. Which, unfortunately, you would lose your job. Yeah, well. But again, at the mind control power... I'd make my sidekick at work as well, just like even my sidekick the last 12 years in this show. So, I, I, have to, I have to say that I think you need the 12th level or at least 11th or 10th level intelligence before you decide exactly how you want that money. Because, hey, that would, that'd be, that would work. Right. But if you got the mind control at that level and all, why not just go to the Bill Gateses and others of the world and just say... Hey, I hear you hand out money left and right to needy people. Give me money. I, I, I want to be in the. I want to be in the down. I want to be in the low key. Yeah. I don't. Much and then forget after doing so. Right, and that's just pure criminal. Not necessarily. If it's a grant to help the world, and you really are being a superhero helping the world. I mean, they're giving away money left and right to good causes. If you really are, no, all jokes aside, if you really are being a hero, saving lives day in and day out constantly, that would actually be a good use of their money. The way they're intending to give it away. So, yeah, I think I'm the wrong choice with this. Um, it's actually, it brings up a good point. Kind of a segue into something I wanted to mention, but better than I thought it would be, honestly. Okay. Yeah. As an aside, we were laughing about this before starting today, that um, not laughing at other people, but laughing at ourselves, really. There are other podcasts out there that put in a lot of research, a lot of time, hours, yeah. days, weeks, months. Well, maybe not that much, but, you know, quite a bit of time and research in planning for their podcasts. And for many of them, not all, but many of them, it really shows, and they put out great podcasts. Respect them all. Right. We don't really put that much time and research into this. This is our lunch hour. Uh, we're having fun. This is two old geeks, you know, sitting around, shooting oh, the breeze, yeah. and having a good time. We plan five or ten minutes worth of stuff, and then we see where we go. And we um, a lot of rain. And a lot of ramble, a lot of ramble. And I so. guess most, for example, they just show up. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really get invited. They just kind of show up one yeah. day. So I did not know exactly how you were going to present that argument, so I had not thought about this, but I knew what I was going to try to segue to okay. briefly. And that's actually good. You know, I mentioned during mine the fact that um, I'd be able to help humanity. Okay. Didn't know if I would, but would like to think that I would. Right. And even, even if it's just as a side effect. You talked about being a superhero. You said you were afraid you'd abuse it, but you at least five or six times talked about if I'm going to be a superhero, if I'm being a superhero, it just it's built into our DNA because of reading comics and everything else for many years that we assume we would be heroes. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's a book series out there called The Reckoners. Okay. Uh, it's by an incredible author, a uh, guy named Brandon Sanderson. He took over Wheel of Time, I believe? Yes, yes. Wheel of Time. Yeah, okay. so the last three books, well, originally it was going to be one book, but split into three. Um, he took over those three, but he has written miniseries. <laughs> he, he writes constantly, um, and what's amazing is how good all of it is. 
Um, but one of his series of books was about superpowers. But not about superheroes in this world that he created, which was basically our world, modern day our world. There was an event that gave a percentage of the population, small percentage, but a percentage powers. However, these powers corrupted. And this was not necessarily a, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. If I had a teeny tiny power, I wasn't less corrupt than you. I just could do less with it. Therefore, you had a better chance to impact more people if you had a bigger power. But we were both still pretty bad. There was no one that got powers in this world that was not negatively impacted and turned towards the dark side, turned towards evil. There were potentially ways of bringing them back, maybe ways of them resisting, everything else. I'm not going to spoil too much. That's part of the fun of reading the series. It's a three-book series, um, Steelheart, Firefight, and Calamity. Um, Fantastic series. I will come back to that later, but um, I thought that would be a nice segue for people who are listening to this and wondering, would you be good or not? This is a cool series about what the world would be like if no one was good with powers. Do you think in today's day and age, and let's be real, if that happened, mm-hmm. what, why didn't the world be? The Reckoner's thing or just people getting the powers? The Reckoner's thing. The Reckoner's thing. Um, it would depend on just how evil the people became. Do they become evil to the point of the Joker? The, you know, the chaotic neutral, whatever you want to call it, the um, homicidal maniac? That would be bad. That would be very bad. Or do they become a Lex Luthor? who wants to control everything, have the power, be in charge, be the ruler, and whether they're God or worshipped, maybe each one's slightly different, but at the same time, they realize, well, the best way to do that is, A, take charge, but B, make everyone's life better. Dependent on me, they don't do anything without, you know, it being coming back to me, but I want them to see me as, you know, the greatest and the best way to be considered the greatest is to be doing good things for them. It's a lot better than being a slave owner. I think Lex Luthor, in his own mind, in a perfect world, he'd be a benevolent dictator. So it depends on which evil and which degree of evil. And I don't know. Um, could be either way. I do want to know more about that. Um, we talked about recently having seen this and talked later on. Mm-hmm. Maybe a novelization. So we'll do that in a future episode, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think about superpowers... As far as comics go, comics in real life, I think, just so separated the fact that I think most people, if they had a superpower, I think they'd abuse it. I really do. And I could. And I think that's one of the problems. We'll segue a little bit into other topics off of the question. Um, I think that's one of the problems with a lot of the writers and directors and actors and others in Hollywood when they go to make some of these movies and TV shows and all the rest. A couple new um, movies and TV shows coming up. I know you wanted to bring up. But they love to reimagine them. They want to put their mark on it. Sometimes it's because they just feel conceited and want to put their mark on it. But sometimes it's because the artist in them can't imagine doing a story that's been done for 75 years. They want to do something new. And they tend to want to go with, what would it be like in the real world? You know, this has been done in almost every superhero movie and TV show. I mean, the first X-Men movie, as good as it was, they didn't put them in their costumes. They wanted to go with, the you know, the plain leather. black leather. Um, Smallville, as great as Smallville was, the whole no flights, no tights. Avoid the 
the fantastic. I mean, you can you can name tons and tons of examples. And sometimes it really works. The original, um, not the original, Chris Vanilla's Batman. He that tried was, he tried to set it more realistic. And I love those things. And they were great movies. Right. However, they were not the pure essence of Batman that we love from the comics. I mean, not to get back into topics we've talked about, but the one scene of Ben Affleck Batman charging into the warehouse taking down all the people who are holding oh, Martha. Was, that was a great scene. That is what we think of as Batman. That scene is what we think of as Batman more than when you get a Michael Keaton or um, in the Nolan movies, any of those versions of Batman fighting, they just don't come across as the comic book version. They come across as a guy in the real world putting on a costume and trying to do the stuff he's seen in comics. They don't come across as just, you know what? Forget about physics. Forget about whether this would work. Just have fun with it. And that's that's where that line is, and that's why so much so many of us love comics, is we're able to turn off that trying to make it real and just enjoy the fantasy. No, I totally agree with you there. Um, I, to me, it's about the writers, and that's how it goes. I think with um, one of the best writers I think you and I both agree on is Jeff Johns right yeah. now, for example. Yep. Jeff Johns can make... Anything enjoyable to me. I wish he was Marvel. I really do. And he's been there before. He has, right. But right now, I think... He, yeah, he's DC. He, he's unleashed now. They, they found, DC unleashed him. Yeah. And I think now he's telling some amazing, amazing stories. Um, when I, during the New 52 run, when that first started, my favorite title, or one of my top three favorite titles, was Aquaman. Aquaman, to me, was always the biggest joke superhero out there. He talks to fish, yeah. ha ha ha. Let's be real. Any yep. kind of skits, they always make fun of Aquaman. Jeff Johns had the ability to make him so likable. All right. Here's what I want to say. You're right. Jeff Johns' run was fantastic on it. Right. And, of course, people who are Aquaman fans didn't make fun of him before. He's, he's been the same character forever. It's just, you know, you go back to the Super Friends era and all that, and, yes, people like to make fun of the guy who talks to fish. Right. But in between, there have been so many good runs on Aquaman. Peter David had one of the best runs on Aquaman. Another great um, um, I can't even think of all the different names. There's, there's, there's three or four different runs on Aquaman that have been fantastic. And he was just as cool. And I would actually say, in some of those runs, cooler than the Jeff Johns run. Maybe not better storytelling, maybe equal. But the character being cooler was, in my opinion, probably during the um, Peter David run, was one of his coolest um, eras when he had the hook on for the hand and the beard and the hair and he did, there was just something almost more of where they're going for the Justice League look about the character except for the hook um, th- that more barbarian look to him was fantastic definitely looked cool but the difference is Jeff Johns has a certain reputation if you just say Jeff Johns is going to be on a book people automatically expect oh, this is going to be good, before they even read it. Right. You go in with the expectation it's going to be good. At a level that Peter David, even though people loved his work, at a higher level than Peter David was. I mean, the, the expectation with Jeff Johns is at a higher level. More of the marketing, more of that, not because of the skill necessarily, but just the marketing of the name. So you go in with the expectation, and we're a society that, you know, if, if the work is good, we'll immediately latch onto that and... It fulfills the expectations, and I think that's what happens a lot with a lot of the movies today. We've talked about it, and again, I don't want to get back off into other topics, but a lot of the movies that get reviewed in Hollywood of any type, not just superhero movies, but any type, they go in with an expectation. If it's a Tom Cruise movie, 
how much like Mission Impossible is it going to be? If it's a Marvel movie, it's going to be great. If it's you know, fill in the blank, on and on and on. You go in with expectations, and I think that's why you probably think it's the cool when he finally became cool. Because I think he's been cool forever. I don't know, but going back to that topic of writers and that kind of thing, we talk about movies mostly on a show, TV show, yeah. a lot. Yeah. But they all stem from comic books, mm-hmm. which we don't really talk about all that often, which is funny. That's how you and I actually originally met. Yep. Was talking with the comic books and going to the comic shops. Every Wednesday. Yeah. Actually, wasn't it maybe Tuesday and Thursday back then, I believe? I don't know. I just remember Wednesdays. Maybe because I have a short-term memory. Maybe. Well, yeah, because you don't can't believe you worked with back then. (laughs) But, yeah, that was, again, that was 12 years ago, so who knows. But they all come from comic books. And where is, and right now, the state of comic books, in your personal opinion... I'm talking Marvel and DC, the two main ones. Yeah, two main ones. There's obviously tons of other comics. Obviously tons of other comics. The volume of comics coming out across the board from the two of them and everyone else is at one of its highest levels ever as far as just number of titles. There's a lot of debate about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing because it splits people's money. You know, they can't collect everything. It might turn people off. But at the same time, it gives lots of variety. Um, CrossGen, when CrossGen was out, they gave people a lot of variety. There's other um, companies that have taken over doing that since then that give you fantasy, sci-fi, aimed at kids, aimed at girls, aimed at fill in the blank, any audience you want to name. Um, I think the variety is fantastic. So overall, I think the state of the comic industry is really good. Um, The state of Marvel and DC, maybe that's more debatable. Um, From the new 52 launch up until probably um, a year ago last month, so through the end of, say, 2014, um, DC was struggling. They had a great financial launch with the New 52. Right. You said you read some of the New 52 titles. Lumped a lot of it, yeah. Everybody read some of the New 52 titles because, I mean, it's just one of those events. It's, it's huge. Um, I, I picked up every single number one. Then I picked up the number twos of the stuff I was interested in. And over time, that kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Not because the stories got worse, but because over time, the same thing that DC realized was happening across the board is they had lost something. They had lost their identity. They've always been the old company that had the history. Right. And they threw out all that history. Right. Which I think, as much as everybody wished they'd done what they did with New 52 back in the 80s when they did Crisis on Earths, with Crisis, they didn't really complete the reboot, so it was muddy and garbled afterwards. But what that did was it kept around that history. I think if they tried it then, they would discover the same thing. Throwing out the history is a bad idea. And when um, that December hit... 2014, uh, or 15, sorry, 2015, 2015, Superman, Lois and Clark, that comic came out, and this brought back the Superman from pre-Flashpoint, and Superman and Lois, and their 10-year-old child, John. He was, that series was an eight-issue series leading up to Rebirth, but it was very obvious reading that book, everything else paled, and I ended up canceling everything I was reading except for that and Jeff John's Justice League because you needed that you needed that history if you're a D- long-time DC reader. And see, and that's where I totally agree with you. Um, history is so important to these characters. Um, Batman, he's obviously my favorite, let's be real. Yeah. But I'm a Marvel guy. Spider-Man, one of the comics I never ever put down was Amazing Spider-Man. Ever since I was a kid, I first picked it up, I never, that's one comic I always 
across the board always, no matter what. I always described it that. There's a good reason. It's it, a great book. It was great. And even when the story wasn't good, the characters, Spider-Man and Peter Parker, were so enjoyable. And they always focused on his history. As a kid, you almost see them as your friends. Exactly. You're following the life of your friends. Exactly. We didn't have social media. And you and I, I think we first started hanging out during the One More Day storyline. Before that, actually. Just before that. Yeah. But when One More Day actually happened... By the way, One More Day? Yeah. That... It was just, just, uh, just, no, no. That completely... Go to store while we're doing it. Go to Yeah, yeah, that's just, 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 just that. Right One well, little gunshot, yeah, there we go. I mean, they took the entire history of Spider-Man and threw out the door. Oh, hey, Oslo's back now. Let's not explain how he's back. His relationship with Mary Jane, or they ended that relationship, even though they've been married for years. Everything they had of that character that they loved, they threw out the door. And I remember I was so heartbroken. That was actually my first turn off from the comic. Oh, before that was back in the 90s. But I had I put the comic down. I stopped reading that for the longest time. I couldn't. That's I where I stopped, just too. just couldn't do it. Yeah, like, I read Spider-Man and The Hulk were the only two books I read from Marvel for a long time. I mean, back in the day, I was reading everything. But right. flash forward to where I'm having to pay for it myself, Spider-Man and The Hulk were the only ones I was still reading. And when Peter David left The Hulk, I left there because the story just it went a different direction and... Good, bad, or otherwise, it went a different direction. But Spider-Man, yes, no matter who the writer was, I kept reading until that moment. And that's what happens to me, is I have these funks. And Spider-Man, to me, I still haven't recovered from that yet. When I go back to comics again a few years ago, I picked a few episodes up, I just, I almost wanted to vomit. I was like, this isn't Spider-Man that I know. Yep. And originally for me, my first turn off from comics was back in the 90s. When uh, Marvel and DC, they were huge. X-Forces came out and all that kind of stuff. The artists are great. Yep. Um, well, I don't know about Rob Liefeld, but I get it. Oh, yeah, but you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, there are some Liefeld and Mark Fallon and Sebastian, all these guys. You know what? We're amazing artists. Let's go off and do Image. This is going to be great. New comic heroes, new storylines, new universes. I can't believe this. And it's all going to look good. You know, Valiant Mostly. started. Valiant was actually really good when Valiant started. Yeah. I was blown away by this. I can't wait for Image. An Image I was so disappointed in. Because, number one, none of those guys, except I think Eric Larson was the only one that actually made a deadline. The Savage Dragon, which is the one title I kid least about. There's the deadlines, and there was the fact that these, at different levels, were great artists. Right. Except An artist and a writer is not the same thing. Right, only a handful of guys can do that right. Yeah. And these guys could not do that right. Um, McFarlane was probably the best, which is saying a lot. Yeah, at, at doing the writing and art at the yeah. same time. Yeah, he he could give you an average story. Right. Not a great story, but an average story. But the artwork usually made up for it. Yeah. Me. None of them were a George Perez who, as fantastic as he was at art, he was even better as a writer. Right. Combine the two and you get Wonder Woman. So, you know, it's... Oh, you get everything with George Perez. Yeah. He's one of the greatest in history. I think he's the greatest in history, my personal favorite. That's not the topic of the yeah. day, though. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, you know what? Jim Lee, for example. I'm doing Wildcast. This is great. Oh, I actually know what? I want to do Max right, uh, Max Faraday Divinity, or whatever it was even called. Oh, wait, I want to do this now. And now he has, like, 20 different comics out there, and one issue, two issues, and then they go away. Yeah. And that totally killed comics me for a long period of time. And it hurt the industry. It did hurt the industry, I, I think. And um, eventually, Lee's 
caves in and gives them to DC. They have Wildcats now and everything, I believe, right? Yeah, Wildstorm sold to, to DC. Creation yeah, right. And they, they blended at different times to different levels. They blended his whole universe with the DC universe. Um, they've actually used the bleed. The bleed is now, uh, that was a creation for moving between universes and such within Jim Lee's worlds. Right. Um, the bleed is now part of the DC multiverse. That's what they call the area between the different universes. And they do have, you know, people who, who can travel through the bleed. So they've blended in some of that together, which made sense. It, hey, take the best of each one. Like, I actually wonder if those guys came up and said, you know what, we just can't do this. We're not as smart as we thought we once were. Because now, you know, Jim Lee's part of DC. Angela from Spawn, I think her name is Angelica from Spawn. Is yeah. she in Marvel now? Yeah, she's she's in like Marvel. They just sold out essentially. So what they stood against, they essentially said, "Oh, you know what? No, they're right. We're getting the power back to these guys." Not all of them, but there's there's a lot. It of was, that. and it was a lot of them. Sylvester was still my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I loved Top Gal. Uh, Darkness, one of my personal favorites. I loved that storyline with him and Gothamist was amazing. So again, they had some positives, but then I went back again. Yeah. Uh, they come back again. I went back to comics. Fast forward to the future days. We always joke around. You're DC. I'm Marvel. Um, you're really nothing right now, comic wise. I am nothing right now because again, Marvel killed me again. Because they don't know. The last maybe eight years, I would say, they don't know which direction they're going in. I, as a reader, I feel like, where are you guys? Yeah, the the I don't know the reboot thing. Um, it's constantly rebooting. Well, and, and it's different. If you're a DC or Marvel, reboot means something different. At Marvel, what you're talking about is they reboot constantly, but they don't reboot the universe. They'll, you know, go for 12 months on a Wolverine, you know, 1 through 12, and then decide on a new storyline, a new direction, the latest event, a Civil War, you know, 20 million, whatever, and coming out of that new event, they reboot all their books back to number one. That's more of a sales tool. And sometimes you get a new creative team and all the rest. They don't wipe out all the past, but they do continually start over. New team, new direction. The new direction is the biggest thing. What if you were liking, you know, enjoying the old direction? Exactly. It's gone. Every event creates a whole new wave of number ones, a whole new direction for everybody. Shift the teams around. And while that can be exciting for a few books, it gets annoying to have a new Wolverine number one, if Wolverine happens to be one of your favorite characters, to have another number one every single year. With a new direction and a new, sometimes a new character in the book. It's not even Wolverine. Yeah, and that's actually how it is right now. Marvel had the whole Marvel Now reboot. And I get into that for a little while, like DC 52. Oh, this is kind of cool. I'm like, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. And they had another reboot. And then Secret Wars happened. It was like this. Secret Wars is the closest they've had to a, a full universe reboot, yeah. reboot. But in doing it, they brought characters forward from the old universe created a new universe, repopulated it from those characters, and everything was everything that happened before has still happened, but with some new additions and changes and such. And uh, we have one of our co-hosts, Matt, comes on to me so often. He's a big, like me, Moon Knight fan. Yep. I love Moon Knight. I've always liked Moon Knight. Um, apparently he's in a same asylum. Finally telling the story of Moon Knight story I wanted to read. So you and I went back to the comic shop uh, a month or two ago. Yeah. Went to the comic shop with you. Talked to the guy a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to get too heavily involved. Again, it gets expensive while the crossover is this and this and this. Yep. And him and I talking a little bit. Well, what are the classic guys doing now? You know, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Hope. Well, what Spider-Man do you like? What do you mean which Spider-Man do I like? I like Spider-Man. I like Peter Parker. Well, you know, there's Peter Parker, there's Mom Morales, and I was like... Oh, and there's Morales. multiple Peter Parkers. Don't there's forget. There's multiple Peter Parkers. 
because um, the clones. Well, not just the clones. There's multiple universe ones. Some where they're still married, well, some not, where they're not married. Let's not even go that far right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Hulk and all the favorite guys. Well, it's not Bruce Banner anymore. It's not Bruce Banner anymore. Okay, where's Iron Man? Well, Tony Stark's kind of, I'm not really. Um, Captain America's not really Captain America anymore. Um, Wolverine's old man Logan now. It's a different person. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it's, they've, everything has changed across the board. And so, therefore, I mean, I see the point of getting new readers into the universe. I understand that's important to me. But at the same point, too, is for me, an old reader who wants to get back into it, it's all my characters I loved are now not the characters anymore. Yeah, there's no history. There's no there's there, no familiarity yeah, with exactly. anything. So I just couldn't do it. And that's where, except for the new fifty two part, that's where DC has always had an edge for the older readers, definitely, because they've had such a long history. I mean, you know, call the back to action number one and you know, Detective twenty seven and forward, through different reboots over time, they've kept all that history in. And that's what rebirth last year did was bring all that back um, in some form or fashion. Uh, Jeff Johns, again, we'll mention him, he wrote Rebirth number one, and it was narrated by a character. It was a, very, it was a mystery character. You didn't know who was going to be narrating it. Um, they, they released very little information about Rebirth going into it because they wanted it to be a surprise. turns out there were two surprises in the book, but the big surprise was Wally West. The Wally West that I grew up reading, who at the end of Crisis the original crisis back in the 80s when Barry Allen died and Wally took over and became the Flash. The person who's the Flash for most people reading comics today, when New 52 happened, he was gone. They replaced him with a different Wally West, but different personality, just not the same character. Um, Everybody who was an old fan wanted to know where is our favorite character at? And Wally came back. Wally was narrating Rebirth. And they managed to, or I say they, Jeff Johns managed to blend all the pre-Flashpoint and the New 52 stuff together in some form or fashion and then dropped the big bomb at the very end of the book, which was, he, he always tries to find a way to blend the stuff together. He doesn't just wipe out history. He wants to make it all work organically in the story. So how do they explain the last few years of New 52? It didn't not happen. But how did these characters get changed? What happened to them? Time was stolen. Someone has been messing with their lives, the whole universe's lives. Someone who on the last page were revealed is somehow connected to a nice little circular button, a little smiley face with a drip of blood on it, and they tied the Watchmen series, which is its own controversy there, but they tied the Watchmen series in, and based on the clues that you were given throughout the book, it all suddenly gelled, and you realized Dr. Manhattan was behind... All this has been going on. Now, we're assuming more than that because there had been a mystery character in Superman for quite a while called Mr. Oz. We didn't know who Mr. Oz was. He'd been doing a lot of different stuff pre-rebirth, then with rebirth, involved in Superman and others. I'm guessing it's Ozymandias. They haven't revealed it yet. We're hoping they reveal that in March for a big new Superman event that's going to happen then. Uh, we had rebirth last year. This March is Superman Reborn. And supposedly we're going to get the identity of Mr. Oz, or at least definitely more details, and we're assuming it's Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan working together. I think they should have left um, Watchmen alone. Watchmen, to me, was one of the greatest comic stories in history. And somewhere out there in the world, Alan Moore is yelling amen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see him saying <laughs> amen ever to anybody. Well, you know. <laughs> That's probably the anti-Alan Moore word, but um, yeah, I, I hear him, though. Um, I think you leave Watchmen alone. But 
I, I like what they're doing. And I understand the reasons of um, some characters. Well, again, nothing that bothers me, I should say, actually. Is back in the day when characters died, that was a big impact. Blew your mind. Oh my god, this character's gone. What do I do? Even if they came back, it was a long time before right. it happened. Now characters seem to die every other issue. Yeah. And they're back a month or two later. There's no effect anymore to me when a character dies in comic books. Yeah, I for, just, I don't care. For a long time, the only certain deaths were Bucky. Who's well, back? He's back as the Winter Soldier. Barry Allen. Back. Back. Um, Supergirl. Supergirl is back, but they didn't do it the same way they brought the others back. Um, Supergirl's a slightly different case, but yes, Supergirl's back. And of course, some of that is they can't give up on the... Um, the trademark, the names, the licensing, and all the rest. They've got to bring back somebody, but all they have to do is stick the name on a different character and to call me, it a legacy. always the big one was Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy? Gwen Stacy was the big death, because she wasn't a superhero, but she was a, main, she was a big part of a storyline. Now, before I say anything else, I'm going to say, spoiler alert. Yes. Guess who's back? Gwen Stacy is back in Spider-Gwen, because that's exciting. Well, except that one, the Spider-Gwen, that whole universe is its own separate yeah, universe. Again, Think DC multiverse. But... Gwen Stacy that you're thinking of. Yeah, I, I'm okay with alternate versions. Right. But in the main universe, the main Peter Parker, that Gwen Stacy is now back as she of... Really? I didn't even know that. As of like last month or this month or next, they just announced that the actual real Gwen Stacy is back. How do they... How do they no, I didn't, I didn't even care how they managed that. It's stupid. It's, I mean, the, the impact yeah. is now gone. Any co- impact yeah. on comics is now gone. I need to ask my son, my younger son reads all the Spider-Man books. I need to find out from him, A, how it happened, but also B, did they do the worst part? Did they bring back Uncle Ben? Because there was talk about possibly bringing him back, and hopefully they're well, not doing that. if you bring him back, then you pretty much destroy Spider-Man's origin. I mean... It, but again, Spider-Man's not Spider-Man anymore. I think the three people you cannot bring back, maybe there's more, but the three I would say are absolutes that you can never bring back. Uncle Ben and the Waynes. You know... Okay. Bruce's Bruce's parents. Right. Those three are kind of the. You just can't do it. You know that that, that affects the character too much. Almost anybody else, like Superman's parents, the original origin, they died before he went off to Metropolis, became Superman. And they've come and gone different times as to whether they're alive or dead, alive or dead. Actually, like I'm alive better, in the comics, but that doesn't affect who Superman is. It would affect Bruce and being Batman. It would affect Peter. So there's certain ones you can't do. Uh, isn't Thomas Wayne back in a different version? Thomas Wayne is not. They've got um, a different character who's supposedly a um, long-lost brother of Bruce. Wow. Yeah, that's stupid. Well, you know. Uh, Grant Morrison. Uh, Grant Morrison said. needs to stay away from Batman in general, I think. All right. Um, so with not a whole lot of time left, I do at least want to mention the few things that are coming up on DC that I think are okay. really cool. And we'll move on to a couple other things I know we wanted to get to. Um, so coming up the next few months with Rebirth. Rebirth, they originally said it was going to be like a two-year-long event, but not an event like we think of with Watchmen, Secret Wars, Crisis. It's not an every month something happening. It's There was the, the one-shot beginning, a lot of books rebooted, and then there's stuff scattered throughout for two years with moments throughout. So this summer is supposed to be a big confrontation in some form or fashion written by Jeff Johns, who's not been writing anything recently. The last thing he wrote was that Rebirth one-shot. So he's going to be writing the confrontation between the DC characters and the Watchmen characters. We don't know what that means. Is that just Dr. Manhattan? Is that Ozymandias? Is it more? We don't know. 
nice big mystery. But leading up to it, you've got Dan Jurgens, who came back and has been writing Superman, doing an incredible job, is doing a crossover. Um, he's writing one of the two Superman books. He's writing Action. Action and Superman are both bi- bi-weekly. In, in March, we're going to have a four-issue back and forth, Action Superman, Action Superman, um, Superman Reborn story, which just so happens it's the anniversary of a story that Dan Jurgens wrote when he originally killed Superman. He was the one who originally did the whole death of Superman. And during that era, he had Superman Reborn as a story, which is when Superman lost his powers and then tried, and tried to get them back, became Superman Blue and had the electric powers, and then was split into Superman Blue and Red oh, and all terrible. that. They're not doing that story. That's good. But as a tribute to it, the the title is that, and one of the covers actually has the New 52 Superman, who's dead right now, and the pre-Flashpoint Superman on the cover together, flying apart from each other in a mirror image of the Superman blue and red cover from back in the day. So everybody's wondering how he's paying homage and what he's going to be doing that blends that old story. And the new one together. But the question is, why would you pay homage to that horrible story? Nostalgia. And he wrote it. There's not nostalgia to that. I mean, no. This is just no. I do something terrible in my life. I crash my car into a tree. I don't pay homage to the tree. I crash my car into it. So the next month is one you'll care more about. It's the Batman and Flash crossover, which, again, I believe will be four issues in that month. This is where they're finally getting around to investigating the button. Um, the comedian's button from when he was killed that had the blood splattered on it that was kind of the symbol of Watchmen that was found in the Batcave at the end of Rebirth and the only people who know about it are Flash and Batman the two detectives a comedian died in Watchmen so we're assuming the comedian is not back if they bring him back then that Alan was a little crazy if that happens I don't see that happening but they're going to investigate that so Superman Reborn the investigation leading into the big event so we'll see how things go and I'll keep everybody up to date as we move forward um, other than that, I know we wanted to mention Powerless and Logan trailers briefly. Yeah, Powerless, it looks great. It's not going to last. I give it one or two seasons, maybe tops, just the fact those shows don't tend to last. The new Logan trailer, and I've been fooled before with Logan trailers, Wolverine trailers, looks really good. Everything I've seen on Logan has been great. The music's great. I do wish they would just be showing this in black and white. There's something about... The, that, think, that tone, that I think black and white would be a great... I think black and white with the red blood. Yes. Be beautiful, I think. Yeah, that would, that would work really well. And go back to one thing because I went to say old Marvel Comics. I hate the split off, but I do actually like the fact that Miles Morales is actually a really cool Spider-Man. I hate to say I, what I read of him is really cool. And they have announced that the upcoming, you know, they've got the live-action uh, Spider-Man movie coming. Is Miles, yes. No, the live-action is Peter. Yeah, but the, the movie animated, is Miles. The animated is going to be Miles. So, so they give them both... That I'm actually movie. okay with. Yeah, that, that's cool. But again, so just put that up there. But um, what's the last right. topic? So um, actually that, and then telling next time, uh, I believe we will go into the Brandon Sanderson discussion next time to talk about, um, again, we've talked movies, we've talked TV, we've talked comics, we've talked games. So let's talk a little bit of um, literature, a little bit of um, let's do it. the whole big, thick book stuff. Let's do you it. know, the things with words and pages that you turn and all that. Or on a tablet. Or on a tablet. Uh, let's go yeah, with books and pages yeah, I, I and all that. Um, so we'll talk Sanderson next time. And... Let's not forget, you the probably have a question. question. Another fan question. Hey. Given the divorce ratio people have, breakups, divorces, whatever, if you were a superhero, would you tell your spouse or girlfriend who you were? And at what point in your relationship would you tell them this question? Superhero or supervillain, I would throw that in there. Okay, both of them. Hey, what are you doing? All right. That's Sounds it. great. 
All right. Well, for the old Titans, I'm John Paul. Be man. And we are out of here.